This is what's on Prime. Oh, on Prime. I was looking at IMDb. Oh. in the garage i'm cory cope i'm freddie wolf it's kickstart for august 10th today and august 10th august 10th <laughs> i can't Good believe Lord. we're in double digits already for august yeah man crazy uh this actually marks the 24th anniversary of my first date with my wife congratulations yeah we saw peter jackson's the frighteners on our first date i think it was opening weekend we we watch that movie every every anniversary for our wedding anniversary and our our date anniversary. We always watch it, and so I see it at least twice a year. And man, that movie is so fucking good. It's crazy to watch that and think that that's the same dude. Just a short while later, is going to make a ton of money for New Line He's Cinema. Bore us to death and make movies about uh, hobbits. Yes. And, and and at the time, you're thinking, oh my gosh, it was unheard of. People would make. A trilogy like that all at once. He was basically shooting a mini series, and then it was being allowed to put it out in the movie theater. It's basically what happened. It's no different than kind of what Amazon is doing right now with they're remaking the whole project. But Frighteners was a was a big deal too because it was kind of a Michael J. Fox kind of had a string of stinkers after he calls it the Back, Back to the Future series. Future. And um, but ironically, this is actually done with. Uh, Robert Zemeckis over, overseeing the whole project. Yeah, it totally feels like a Zemeckis movie too. Yeah, exactly. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah, The Frighteners is great. You can pick that up. I think it's a, I think it's a Screen Factory piece, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And you know the dude. I'm gonna say this: D. Wallace Stone steals the movie. Dude, totally, totally. Now I'm involved in um, a private commission group that's having that a print of that done of The Frighteners. You got to see the sketches early on. And one of them um, didn't have Patricia and didn't have D. Wallace's character anywhere in there. I'm like, how can you not have Patricia in there? And even the Gary Busey part of it is kind oh, Jake of. Jake Busey. John, yeah, that's him. Well, it doesn't really matter. They both get It there. doesn't. I was going to say the same thing. Wasn't Gary Busey in this? Yeah, it doesn't matter. They couldn't afford him, so he they is. got his son. His DNA's in it. Yes, that's, that's true. It is. His teeth. Oh, right. And then somebody, somebody the the print is going to be what was missing Patricia. And I was like super bummed. I'm like, you got you know, you guys need to have Patricia in there. So someone goes, well, you're going to have young Patricia or old Patricia. I'm like, well, nobody knows who young Patricia is. So you got to put D in there. Don't. So they put that. Well, what D wall is going to put in there. So I, I found a great shot of her holding a shotgun from, I just pulled the still from the movie and uh, said, what about this? And they actually incorporated it in there, which is cool. But yeah, this print's going to be rad. This was not a hard sell for me because the movie means something to us more than just being a fun movie to watch. Prince. There you go. Oh, speaking of Prince. Never mind, just kidding. That's a tangent. Prince or that's Prince? A, that's a tangent. I, I know. Anyway. Torrent? <laughs> isn't that the name? Of, isn't the last name of the characters in The Shining? 
Torrance. The, yeah. The Torrance. It's yeah. a place down in South Bay. <laughs> My cousins used to live down there. I'm all disc this week. I'm all about the disc and I'm going to kind of start low and then build up to something. Jay Kasdan did a great movie. sorry, great movie. A really good movie. Great movie. It's just, oh, but a great industry movie called the TV set years ago. And you've heard other podcasts talk about this movie. And that's actually how I found out about it. I've never seen it. Oh man. It's a rough go. There's moments where it just, it's rough from a, from a creative standpoint. If you kind of know the in and outs of, a, of the system, being both of us that kind of had our fair share of time on a set. So, and we have heard all the political shenanigans that go on and also just the plain empty thoughts that go into decision-making while making a project like this. It's got uh, Sigourney Weaver and David Duchovny. And Duchovny plays uh, the screenwriter of this, of the script about what he did when he lost, when his brother committed suicide. Now, it doesn't sound like a ha-ha, but it's not supposed to be a ha-ha money. This, if you, this is like in the vein of the player. Not so, no, there's no, no depth and mystery in there like there is with the player, but it's that tone of you're on a set and it doesn't feel phony. You, you get that sometimes where, he's, where you're supposed to be on, you know, a movie within a movie or a TV show within a movie. And it doesn't, it feels staged. This doesn't feel staged. This feels like you're kind of in standing there in the moment, watching these conversations, which is what you want from a movie. Right. Anyway, so shout factory got around to doing a shout select of this and it's, it's bare bones. Um, from what I can tell, even though they have it tagged with that extras in progress thing on there, uh, it's not out until, September 15th. So we're just a little over a month away. So just almost five weeks away from coming out and there's no information yet, but that's a long time, five weeks and uh, it's pandemic. So who knows if anybody got interviewed for for this at all, or if there's any extras, I'm sure it's all tied to that, but it's cool. How I had this on DVD. It is in uh 16 by nine, but it's the aspect ratio is all fucked. They did it. They converted it as one eight five on the DVD, which blows. This Blu-ray is going to be 235, which is, again, surprising when you see a, a movie about a TV show that's that wide. But that's the point. You you get to see so much on the set in the moment as opposed to being a much tighter, uh, it's more of a fly on the wall perspective of, of um, a television or movie set. I mean, this is a fun movie, so it's out September 15th. And again, shout select, man. <laughs> I feel like we're... I should just make a little sound bite on one of my buttons, right? And just, just shut sure. the light. Right? Ding. Shut the I'm, I'm excited for this because this is a really fun movie. And it's a svelte 88 minutes too, and it moves. Now, what, what, what is the exact, is it, is it TV? Is that what it's called? The TV set. The TV set. Okay, yeah. good. Because I was like, God, dude, isn't, I was like, don't confuse it with National Lampoon's TV, the movie. <laughs> You'll well, be sorely disappointed. When I first heard about the movie, and you know, I'm like, the TV set. None of the details going with it. I'm like, well, what the, what is, what's the TV set? Is that that movie with John Ritter? I didn't, I, I couldn't remember the name of that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. But. Oh, dude. Yes. It's prime. It's on prime. Uh, stay tuned is awesome. I love it. I just watched it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what I, I was kind of, uh, what I would like to talk about is uh, I was very excited <laughs> to see that they are, uh, I read this week, they are turning Mimic, the uh, Guillermo del Toro film, into a TV series, uh, which is going to be directed by Paul W.S. Anderson of Resident Evil and Event Horizon fame, you know, and amongst other things, Mortal Kombat and Soldier with Kurt Russell. But yeah, man, uh, 
Paul W.S. Anderson is going to direct a series um, or a pilot uh, for Mimic, which, man, I mean, I'm a big fan of Mimic. I mean, in a trash, you know, it, it was kind of, I, I think it was one of those sort of trashy sort of, I remember there was a, we talk about, you know, movies coming out like in the nineties, there's always another movie that's very similar to the Mimic. There was Mimic, Relic, and I'm going to throw Species in there because I feel like they're all kind of similar uh, to each yeah. other, right? They're yeah. all like a piece of one another. I loved all three of them for different reasons. Uh, Mimic, uh, if you haven't seen it, Mary Servino, Charles Dutton, uh, you know, these crazy giant mutated insects, <laughs> Yeah, basically paraphrasing, uh, in the subways of New York City. Super interested to see how they would uh, turn this into a, um, a television, a weekly series, uh, you know, and what kind of, uh, I mean, I feel like, it, you know, I hope they don't, I hope it doesn't just become like a Resident Evil with bugs. Cause that would kind of bum me out. But I mean, I feel like there's a, there's a great premise there and there's, you know, there's a lot of room, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of latitude in this to, to really make this pretty cool, man. I, I, it kind of, I, I, best case, I hope it's somewhere near, did you ever see the strain? I love the strain. At least right. the first like, season or two, I liked the first, the first season's amazing. Yeah. And then it kind of, you know, it kind of fell off, but I feel like this has that, I mean, I don't know if they're going that way with it or, you know, I hope they don't go too campy with it. Um, you know, but I really think there's a, there's a lot of promise for Mimic. It was, I, I was so shocked. I think I texted it to you immediately when I fucking came across the article yeah. because it, it's so weird because it's a movie I've always liked and, you know, I'll watch it every now and again, if it's on prime or something, I'll jump into it. Right. Oddly enough, it's hard to come by on DVD or, or Blu-ray. I, I don't want the DVD because I know exactly what it will be postage stamp when you try to play it on a regular t on a, <laughs> a modern TV. But like the, the Blu-ray is uh, they don't sell it at Amazon. You got to kind of find it uh, like maybe it's out of print. But they did a nice uh, Blu-ray package for it. And they also did a three pack uh, with the three Mimic films. The other two not so good. You don't really need them unless, you know, unless you're a giant fan of the first one and you just want them for them to pick mimic to do a TV series. I was super intrigued, man. I mean, I would love to design a show like this. There's no network mentioned. So I think they're, you know, it seems like they're, they're, they're shooting a pilot and they're going to shop it. So I don't know what we're going to get, you know, but I'm intrigued. I can add to the intrigue a little bit and make it a little more. Oh, okay. Jim Danger Gray is the expected showrunner of the project too. Um, I'm pretty sure he's involved with the, the original script too for the pilot, but this guy's coming from Hannibal. He's coming from Orange is the New Black. He's yeah. coming from Torchwood, from Pushing Daisies, American Gods. I mean, this guy's coming from the world you want him to come from. And if this guy's going to be running the writer's room, yeah, this sounds like a little less W.S. Anderson and a little more something that looks a little more tasty, a little something's going to have a little more flavor yeah, to it. Yeah, I think so too, man. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that got me excited about it was that he, he is, he is writing it. With the lay of the land that TV is right now or for streaming services, there's so many streaming services now that are trying to have exclusivity content and I think I probably have a bidding war on this, honestly. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially there's a lot of talent involved, um, you know, outside of Paul, you know, it makes me super hopeful because, I mean, this is totally like the, this is the kind of sci-fi I'm into. Looking forward to it. Whatever they're whatever they're bringing, I'm watching. Hell yeah. At least until at least until I think I don't need to. <laughs> uh, we, we've talked about 
Flash Gordon and being being what it is. And when we're talking yeah. about Queen music or whatever, it is oh, they're they're cracking my nostalgia. Not on this one. Um, Arrow again. They, they blow my mind sometimes. The property they choose, and sometimes, you know, you feel like oh, they're picking it because it's going to sell. I'm like, no, man, they're picking it because they love it. We've talked about before about how the, the curators of these pro you know, these properties, if there is a serious amount of effort being thrown at it, not just like a shout select with a handful of little tiny little things, but something like the package I'm about to describe to you. They're not doing it just because there's there's a labor of love there. Like with there's some real effort put there because they want to, not because like oh we can sell thousands of these. That's not what it is. It's a boutique joint. But Flash Gordon, man, um, well we were talking before about you know a, a time when people you expected a certain movie from somebody. What about Dino De Laurentiis as a producer? <laughs> For our childhood, man, has. Yeah, such an array of diversity as far as the quality of stuff. But Dino's name has been attached to everything for the longest time, and of course that that name carries on with his uh, daughter, with his children running everything. But his name was over all over everything, and of course this was a Dino De Laurentiis production, and it is, in my opinion, it's fun to watch. But not straight. <laughs> I get it. No, man, you need you need some you need some help. Yes. I mean, it was when I was ten, I didn't need any help. Right. Um, I need to remind myself it's like to be ten again and not think about shit. So you need to find a way of shutting your mind down and just enjoying what you're actually looking at, which is craziness. Flash Gordon is finally getting um, a proper, like full-on special edition from from Arrow. And not only that, they're doing a 4K version of it too. So it's not just a 4K scan. They actually are putting out a UHD release for this. And it's an all-region UHD, which is cool for those that are having to look down for uh, They don't, don't have an all-region UHD player. A lot of people have an all-region standard Blu-ray, but this one does require a little bit more. I don't think I don't think the the initial book has the the, like the UHD one has an standard blur with it like you get with a lot of American releases. Anyway, again, it's all come from a 4K restoration um, that Studio Canal did. I think actually I think Studio Canal had done a another a release maybe for Europe maybe they're handling it. So you get a full 4K UHD release on this, and it has a, a 5.1. So they've done a 5.1 for it. I think the 5.1 might have existed before. Maybe they just kind of upgraded it to you know. Uh, lossless audio um there's a really cool book with it there's a mini poster lobby cards there and there is all the old stuff from previous releases around here like there's two different commentaries it stills you get you get that kind of flavor that you get from like dvds like we we're talking about back in the day when you get these crazy packages where they'd have everything in it they would have oh yeah you know 25 30 stills in there in the trailer and then you actually get easter eggs actually the the special edition um, box set that's only like 42 bucks actually does come with a region a standard blu-ray so it's all there but it's crazy there's even more stuff on there that's exclusive to that blu-ray and not even on the uhd version which is huh. an unusual thing but it makes more sense i mean why include it if it's got all the same crap on it, but just a lower res version but this makes sense there's lots of really cool things on here now it doesn't specify if the blu-ray is this new cleaned up version which I mean, I would expect it to be, right? Wouldn't it be? I would imagine it would have to be. Yeah. Anyway, this is a crazy box set. I don't know if, I'm gonna, if it's worth showing up $42 for. 
But um, you can get it anywhere. Get it on Amazon, Diabolic has it. And, and if you want to order it straight away from from Arrow, it's available to. I think it might take you right to Diabolic's website for that one. Sometimes get, you get that where they don't handle. Right, they don't handle the shipping. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know that I've, I don't remember the last time I bought anything directly from Arrow. I think you, I think you ordered some stuff. That's what we did. Yeah. I, I, but I don't remember. So I don't remember. I don't know if I ever ordered directly from their site. I know I've ordered from Amazon UK. Right. Like when they have a sale there and it's way cheaper <laughs> than it is here for some reason. What sucks now is that Royal Mail's raised their prices and stuff. Yeah. So if you got stuff coming from Europe, it sucks now. Um, so Flash Gordon's available everywhere. It's actually cheaper if you buy it from Diabolic. Not much, but it's a buck. But Diabolic's another retailer that I think deserves some of your attention to. Because sometimes they get exclusive um, releases too. Um, you don't get it a lot, but but sometimes those real limited 3,000-piece runs we've talked about end up being exclusive to Diabolic. And that's, you know, that's the only retail outlet you can get them at. Other than, I mean, third parties don't really count as retail, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, it's it's Flash Gordon is a big nutty movie from our childhood. It does not hold up in any way, shape, or form. Look, I'm going to tell you, I just saw it in January in a theater with about 80 people, and that's the way to see it. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, the, and then with the assistance. I couldn't get through home, I don't think. I've tried before. I've tried, and I kind of just, you know, I end up walking around the house while it's on in the background. <laughs> But at that point, just listen to the soundtrack, right? <laughs> yeah, you're just listening to it. It's fine. I mean, I, I still enjoy the shit out of it when I went to theater to see it. It, you know, it's a movie that plays better in a theater always. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess for me, it does like that. You know, even like Disney's The Black Hole, which I feel like <laughs> no one on earth really likes The Black Hole. No, but if you see it in a movie theater, it's okay. I, I remember seeing the theater too, and it was like. It, I remember laughing at things. It was, yeah, I was laughing at it. And it was also, I'm, what, what was I, nine? Ten. Ten, probably. Cause it was, it, yeah, it was like how any movie that was like, that in my mind anyway, any movie that was looking like Star Wars, I'm like, I was into. And then I remember going, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's going on? I just remember the robots look so terrible. They just look like toys. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Vincent and old Bob. Well, that's the problem. You had Disney, who's merchandising kings, or watching they're losing sales in the re, in the toy aisles because this asshole George Lucas the year before, a couple of years before this was doing this. So they're trying to get in the game. So they made a couple of figures that oh my gosh, that one shot where he's like flying at down the the yep. hole. Oh uh -huh. You can see the strings. I swear so to God, bad. Man. it's so bad. He's on monofilament. I feel what you're saying, like. And by the way, we should have felt that way when we saw Maximum Overdrive. And we oh, no, I, I do. <laughs> yeah. It, that, I mean, that's the best way to see it. And you still come out of it going, like we talked about recently. I mean, did we actually, I barely remember the movie. I barely remember seeing it. I just remember the, the tacos. That's all I remember from that, that evening. Yeah, tacos. The, uh, yeah, again, Maximum Overdrive is a movie that's better to watch in a theater with a group of people because, you know, everybody's kind of there and everybody, you know what it is. I just cannot watch it at home, man. Is it better to remember it or remember better? It's better to not remember it at all. <laughs> what, what is this? What movie? Maximum Overdrive, right? <laughs> what? <sighs> what? Mm. Speaking of Dino De Laurentiis, he produced that. Yes, he did. Again, hit and miss. Quality Silver of, bullet. Of, <laughs> quality of. 
Hey, we haven't talked about Silver Bullet in a long time. A werewolf. A werewolf. Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, that's his contribution to the werewolf <laughs> genre. <laughs> Maxim Overdrive is a better werewolf. <laughs> it's like his contribution is to the werewolf genre. It, is it though? Is it? <laughs> is it? Uh, although I will say I watched um, The Howling 3 the other day on Shout TV wow. and Silver Bullet is better than The Howling 3. Well, I would hope so. I don't even remember seeing any of the Howling movies after the first one. Oh, I love the second one, dude. It's so ridiculous and weird and campy yeah. and uh, Euro, it's such Euro trash cinema. <laughs> Fan commentary? Oh yeah, we should totally do it. It's right. it's yeah, it's riff tracks worthy. All right. Well maybe we'll do that. Christopher Lee, Sybil Danning, uh Reb Brown. Reb Brown, dude, is the male lead in the movie. Oh my gosh. Captain Werewolf. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I don't even remember him being it. I always remember oh. Christopher Lee and and it's Sybil. Called, but dude, the the subtitle is My Sister's a Werewolf. I know. And, I remember seeing that in Fangoria. I'm like, what? is that real? Is that is that what it's really called? Yeah. That was my first taste of... Or your sister's a werewolf. No, no, my sister's a werewolf. It's or, your. It's your sister is a werewolf. Is it your sister? I thought yeah. it was my sister's a werewolf. Oh, well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. <laughs> it's it does not, not it's the howling too, and it's, and it's ridiculous. It is. <laughs> There's a... Yeah, it is the weirdest... We should totally fan commentary it, because it is the total... Yeah, we won't be able to stop talking about what's happening. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> There'll be no dead spots. It was on Prime. That's where I watched it like not long ago. No, no, it's, one. It's I just it's been rotated off. Uh, God, dude, there's there's like nine sequels, man. How many? I think there's six original sequels, a reboot, and a reboot sequel. So if you count the original plus the six, that's seven, eight, nine. Eight, nine Howling movies. Nine. There's the rebirth. There's New Moon Rising. There's the Freaks, which is uh, it follows a villainous carnival. <laughs> uh, the, you know, there's the original Nightmare, Howling Four. There's Howling Three. Yeah, it's it's crazy that that movie. Sp- yeah, and then there's Howling Reborn, which was in 2011, and then there was there's the Howling from 2017, and then there's another Howling coming out this year, 2020. It's not out yet. So I guess there's 10 movies. Good God. Yeah. The fact that they called the third one the marsupials, I'm like, wait, the kangaroos? What's going on? Yes, they are. No, they, dude, it, it takes place in Australia. I, I've seen all of them. That's crazy. I watched I watched all of these either while I was working at the video store or when I was living in Hollywood in the 90s and we would go to 2020 video on Western um, inside the Food for Less. <laughs> and we would rent shit like this. I've seen a lot of shit movies. Because of my time there, yeah, and you know, we we didn't we didn't even care. We just fucking rent things. I mean, that's that's how I saw Beyond the Law with Charlie Sheen and Michael Madsen. The one isn't Charlie like an undercover cop or something? Bearded up with a mullet. It's basically Stone Cold without Brian Bosworth and Lance Henderson and Bill Forsythe. So it's crap, real crap. yeah, man. I think it's funny when I'm, I'm looking at the, the synopsis for the log line for Howling 4, and it says, this dude's tormented by demons and werewolves. My demons? It's a Howling movie. <laughs> I get the werewolves. Right? Like, I don't understand what, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember the plots, all of them. The ones I remember the most are uh, the marsupials, 
with the stupid pouches and then the um the freaks because it was the whole carnival thing and i was like oh good god they're really going i think they shot that i feel like they shot that thing out in the big the, the wash out in tahunga <laughs> it's just like a carnival setup right isn't it yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't know anyway anyhow the howling <laughs> so they go flash gordon <laughs> Flash Gordon. Sorry, man. I hijacked your Flash Gordon. No, it's all right. It's <laughs> just as well. It was just something silly to talk about. That's all good. The last thing I have to talk about, I'm going back to Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> it's almost like I'm a fan fanboy today. But Shout Factory, is uh, they've pushed the release of their Event Horizon Blu-ray package. And um, part of the speculation, they've pushed it. I think it was originally supposed to release in September. But they've pushed it all the way back to January. Wow. Um, and part of the speculation is that uh, it's because they found some new footage and they're, and they're, they're uh, recutting the film and they're going to re- the, there's going to be a 130 minute version of Event Horizon. Holy crap. Um, yeah. 100. So the original, is, I think it was 94 or 96 minutes, the theatrical release, uh, which would explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you cut. 34 minutes out of something right. or, you know, whatever the math is. That's why I'm in the art department. I'm an accountant, but, um, <laughs> but I'm saying that that's just, that that's like a quarter of the movie. Like, you know, if you're, if you got a 90 minute movie and you cut out to close to 30 minutes, I mean, I feel like there's a, people's biggest complaint to me is always, it's just Hellraiser in space and it doesn't make any fucking sense. Fucking hate it. Okay. I saw the movie in a theater uh, I had a broken leg. I had gotten my leg broken at work um, on Roland Emmerich's masterpiece, Godzilla. So I was off work, kicking it at home, eating some Vicodin. And my buddy came by and was like, hey, man, let's go see Event Horizon. And I was like, sure. And uh, so, like, you know, I, I took an extra Vicodin before I left because I didn't, I didn't want to take them all with me. So as we got to the theater, we saw, I saw it in, um, we went to Universal. And uh, so we're at the city, right? So my buddy's like, hey, dude you still smoke weed? And I was like, not really. He's like, dude, I think this movie would be better if we smoke some weed. So I was like, sure, whatever. Don't smoke weed and take painkillers. I'm just going to say. But the movie scared the living shit out of me. I was fucking freaked out. Like, I, I, So I have this fond remembrance for it, of it being maybe better than it is. But I, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Maybe it is. I kind of never thought it was great, but it, you know, it was like a haunted house movie in space. It kind of reminds me of those... Uh, House on Haunted Hill and all those sort of William Castle remakes that came a few years later. Right, it's got right. that level of weird, you know, frame rate removal, you know, just doing weird things. You know, and it's got Sam Neill. It's got a great cast. Jolie Richardson, Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, Richard T. Jones. I mean, they're, you know, Sean Pertwee shows up. Hey. Uh, our, our favorite. Uh, but I feel like the thing that's the problem and now it's confirmed is whatever the studio did to get it to 94 minutes to fit in their little box for release in August of 1997, they ruined the movie. (laughs) I'm going to say this, I'm hopeful that whatever they're putting back in it, you know, will give this movie the kind of what it needs. I mean, there's things that confuse me about it, but I don't, I just don't try to understand. I just watch it and like enjoy it for what it is. I watched it recently I'm going to say it's going to, I hope it's a lot like, because Legend, Ridley Scott's Legend is another movie. Okay. Saw it when I was young. 
hated it. Thought it was stupid, didn't make any sense. <laughs> Unicorns and elves and, you know, Tom Cruise running around and chasing it, it, the last, you know, darkness, Tim Curry's giant horns. All people could ever tell me about how, oh man, that headpiece on Tim Curry. Uh, I mean, if that's the only thing you can talk about, then the movie's not any good. And I never liked it. Cut to, I guess, like, you know, it was, it was late. It was early 2000s when Ridley Scott restored it and they put out that his cut of it, which I want to say is like 12 or 14 minutes longer. But substantially helps the movie. At least it makes sense to me now. Like, I can watch it. I mean, I still don't love it because it's not my bag, but I uh, it's a way better movie uh, with those 12 or 14 minutes put back into it. And I'm hoping that, you know, Event Horizon is the same way. And, you know, Shout usually... When Shout goes all in on something, they go all in. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that this is going to be a kick-ass version and give me the Event Horizon movie I always wanted. A W. Sanderson movie always gets that sideways look for me, <laughs> I think, from you too, in general. Yeah, all, all the time, for And sure. this one, I, again, like you're talking about, some people say it's really bad. Some people love it. It's like it, there's a... It's polar opposite, right? You yeah. either love it or you hate it. Right. I don't know if I'm, I'm, I think I might be in the minority and I'm kind of like in the middle. I think there's moments in there where I'm like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see about putting more, you think more of something you don't like is going to be you just having detrimental effect on whatever it is that you already don't like. But I have a feeling that this might give you some, it might bridge some gaps to yes. logic and things like that. Like, 34 minutes. That's a lot. I mean, that's not thats not just a bunch of, hey, we. <laughs> right. It's not like they just took a shot of Sam Neill out of the movie. <laughs> right. It seems like to me they've taken large chunks of logic. <laughs> right. Like with Legend, those missing moments could be like the difference between this being a, oh gosh, a. W. Sanderson movie, like the guess what, man? This is this is his jam. This is the best thing he's ever done, which is possible. I mean, not, you know, every, every dog has his day, right? He obviously, you know, he obviously knows how he's, you know, he knows he knows what he's doing as a filmmaker. I mean, I just don't, you know, sometimes I just don't agree with what he's doing. But I mean, what he made ten Resident Evil movies, and people love those things. I mean, the first one I thought was okay, but I don't I don't remember anything about any of the rest of them. I don't even know if I've seen anything after the first one. Yeah, the get, get the lines. I don't like the second one at all, but I I own all of them. I know the premises of all of them, but I don't remember which one goes with what number. You know what I mean? I know yeah. the setup. I just like, oh, oh, that was four. Okay, okay. Oh, I thought that was five. I I remember everything about them. I just don't remember which storyline goes with which title. Dude, usually he's not. He's not something I'm getting down with. I'm I'm in love with that Resident Evil series just from the standpoint of it's just junk food, and that's how I look at it. Sure. But yeah, I'm not always a big, hey, put footage back in the movie kind of guy. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing certain, because when you see a movie and it has promise, you're it's missing logic in moments <laughs> like Event Horizon has. Even if you are just settling and this is a haunted house in space movie, it, it does have some things that are missing from them. You can go, wait, what happened? It's something, I mean, they clearly pull something out that Koei totally changes the idea of what somebody's motivation might have been in, in the scene or in right. general in the movie. Um, that movie is chock full of it. It's not because it, otherwise it's just a movie full of weird imagery. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that that's what they're doing. But that's the speculation is that that's why, I mean, I they pushed so. it four months. It was, yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's from September to January 5th, I think yeah. is now the new release date on it. Um, you know, but yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, 
there, 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 there are some decisions made by some of the characters that make absolutely no fucking sense at yeah. all. And you're like, what? And there's some, there's some, there's some cuts and stuff where they cut to things and you're like, what in the fuck is going on? What did I just see? Right. <laughs> you know, it's disturbing and crazy, but uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense or, it, to the story. And it's like, but again, that's 34 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Apparently they, sh- they showed the 130 minute screening at a test screening. So it does exist. I'm hoping that that's why they pushed it, that they found this footage and they're going to put this movie together. And, you know, and we're going to see, we're going to see what we're going to see January 5th. Uh, yeah. I'm going to close it out with a big one. Being a guy that, again, touts the Godzilla box set from Criterion. This is the lesser known kaiju <laughs> series. Um, but amongst kaiju fans, it is still very much part of our catalog when it comes to, Oh yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And it's Gamera. And Gamera, there's a, Arrow is putting out the whole box set of all 12 movies. And it's a substantial, it, it's, it's the same treatment or a similar treatment anyway that Criterion gave Godzilla last year. There's actually books. This actually has a couple of books separate from, from again, it's, it is Blu-ray's casing so it's a little bit smaller but um that's why there's probably two books instead of one because <laughs> it's so small if it's a small format but it's awesome it's got a map of uh all the hot spots where all the fights ever happened throughout all 12 movies it's really a cool box set and you can get it for like 119 bucks right now and 12 movies and this is one of those times where you're like oh criterion can get away with charging that but remember criterion's was like 200 bucks i think something like that retail for 200 so this is substantially lower because again, it's not it's camera. Also, it's Arrow. So Arrow's not gonna Arrow doesn't have the the same reach that Green you know, Criterion is in every retail store. Sometimes you'll see Arrows like sporadically in retail stores. Sometimes you'll see bigger titles at Fry's, for instance, like we talked about before, right. or Best Buy. But Gamera, from my childhood, I saw more Gamera when I was a kid than I saw Godzilla, because there was something about. Well, it wasn't until I got older that I, that I even knew that some of those Godzilla movies re- even existed because there's only like four or five they ever showed on TV. But I have a feeling that every Gamera movie was always on. It's about the same, I don't know, five or six movies because most of the movies were made as a, after we were became adults. Look at the show notes and you'll see a link to it. Um, this this is also out on the 18th. <laughs> Didn't they do some some Gamera films like, uh, re, but like they, they rebooted them. Like there's there's been new yeah. ones come out like in the last few years. Right? Yeah, yeah, the, that's what's on these. Oh, those are so all that stuff's on there. That's awesome. Yeah, Gamera the Brave is on there, and that's like 2006. That was the last one. Yeah, there you go, man. That's Holy crap. Bad. That's a that's a lot. I gave I gave you a whole slew of tastiness. <laughs> From varying, oh, I love when we get appearances from dogs. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> There's somebody driving a tractor outside. He didn't like that. Tractors. Can you hear that bulldozer? <laughs> well, there you go. There's your Kickstarter for the 10th. Yeah. That's good stuff. We got lots of you know, lots of good stuff in there to digest. It's a little pricier stuff, but then still some good stuff that you should probably find. Uh, look forward to it. You got time to look. This gamma box that's not going anywhere, and since it's brand new, it's not part of any arrow sale recently. But it will be. But it will be, just like with that Godzilla box at the Criterion. Just be patient, and you'll get your big sale. Probably, I don't know where are we at right now. August, probably in October. I would think about that. Yeah, around yeah. October, November. Yeah, there you go. The Walter Hill series will come yeah. to a conclusion this coming Thursday. 
Yes, it will. And we've already decided who our next batches of directors, filmmakers. We're only going to do two each for those. Because they're not worthy. Because <laughs> this was Walter, and I think we would have both struggled to pick one movie each. I think that oh, would have yeah, been a hard sure. time. Because we had no problem spitting out boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, no, exactly. The other ones were a little tougher. Yeah, they were. That was that's what they were a little bit tougher. But I think we got some good choices. And what's funny is one of them, like we, you, you mentioned two names. I'm like, good, done. We don't have to pick any more. Those are perfect. Dude, I was so shocked that you, because uh, I was like, oh, he's just gonna think I'm being a dick. And no not. way. <laughs> no, it's perfect, dude. Those, those those are two lesser seen movies, and I think I think they're, they they they'll be covered well. Anyway, so if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Culp, the official at Karate Pod, or on Letterbox at Corey underscore Culp. And if you want to support us on uh, Patreon, it's patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter, Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram, or Tom Cody at Letterboxd. Tom, Tom Cody. Cody. Put a fork in it.